If you're interested in partnering with Magical Storybook English Nanny Bedtime Stories or wanting to know more about sponsorship opportunities, then visit our website www.magical-storybook.com. You can also download free read-along books to accompany our fairy tales. Welcome to Magical Storybook, a collection of children's stories from around the world. The Cobbler Astrologer In the great city of Isfahan lived a cobbler called Ahmed. He was an honest and hard-working man whose wish was to pass through life quietly. And he might have done so had he not married a proud woman who was not contented with such a humble life. Ahmed's wife was called Sitara and she would always talk about ways in which they could become rich and live in grandeur. And although Ahmed would never encourage her dreams, he was too fond of her to quarrel. Whenever she would talk of them, he would simply smile or shake his head. But Sitara would not give up on her dreams, certain that she was destined for great fortune. One evening, she went to the hammam, where the ladies of the town would go to bathe and she saw a woman dressed in magnificent robes. She was covered in jewels and surrounded by servants. This was exactly the position in life that Sitara had always longed for, and so she was eager to find out who the fortunate woman was. She was told that the lady was the wife of the chief astrologer to the king, and so when Sitara arrived home that afternoon, she sat alone quietly, hatching a plan. Ahmed eventually asked her what was wrong, to which she replied, I wish for you to give me proof that you really and sincerely do love me. What proof of love do you want? asked Ahmed. For there is nothing that I will not give you. I want you to give up being a cobbler, Sitara replied. It's such a horrible low trade and never makes you more than 12 dinars a day. But how will I make a living? exclaimed Ahmed. Become an astrologer, she said. Your fortune will be made and then I shall have all that I wish for and be happy. Astrologer? cried Ahmed. Have you forgotten who I am? I'm a cobbler with no schooling and yet you want me to take a profession which requires so much skill and knowledge. At these words Sitara grew angry. I neither think of or care about your qualifications, she said. All I know is that if you do not become an astrologer immediately, I will leave you tomorrow and never come back. The cobbler tried pleading with her, but it was no use. She was determined to become rich like the astrologer's wife that she had seen at the hammam and walk around town covered in jewels with a dozen servants following behind. Those visions haunted her dreams, and on awaking the next morning, she once more declared to her husband that unless he gave her her wish, she would leave the house for good. Poor Ahmed did not know what to do. He was no astrologer, but he was very fond of his wife and could not bear the idea of losing her. So he promised that he would do as she asked. He sold what little stock he had and with the money bought a small astrolabe to measure the height of the sun and the stars. 
He also bought a book about astronomy and a table of the 12 signs of the zodiac. Carrying these, he went to the marketplace crying, I am an astrologer. I know the sun and the moon and the stars and the 12 signs of the zodiac. I can calculate births and foretell everything that is going to happen. No man in Isfahan was better known than Ahmed the cobbler, so it was not long before a crowd had gathered around him. When they heard his words, they began to make fun of him. Friend Ahmed, said one, are you so tired of looking down making shoes that you are now looking up to the planets? These and a thousand other jokes were heard by the poor cobbler, who, doing his best to ignore them, continued to insist that he was an astrologer. It so happened that on this day, the king's jeweller was passing by. He was in great distress, having lost the most expensive ruby from the royal crown. He had made every attempt to find it, but had now given up hope. He was wandering around the town, thinking about how the king would surely sentence him to death, when he saw the crowd gathered around Ahmed. When he asked one of the bystanders what was happening, he laughed saying that Ahmed the cobbler had been inspired to become an astrologer. Now there is a saying that a drowning man will grab for a broken reed. And so as soon as the jeweller heard the word astrologer, he ran up to Ahmed and begged for his help. If you are truly an astrologer, then you should be able to find the king's ruby for me. If you do so, I will give you 200 pieces of gold. But if you do not succeed within six hours, I will use all my influence at court to have you put to death as an imposter. Poor Ahmed was horrified. He stood for a long time, unable to move or speak, reflecting on his misfortunes and grieving above all that his wife, who he so loved, had brought him to such a fearful end with her selfishness and greed. Full of these sad thoughts, he shouted out loud, Oh woman, you are more harmful to me than the poisonous dragon of the desert. Unknown to the jeweller, his own wife had stolen the ruby and hidden it away. Worried that she would be found out, she sent one of her servants to secretly watch her husband as he searched for it. When the servant saw the jeweller talking with Ahmed and then heard him compare a woman to a poisonous dragon, she felt sure that he must have known the truth. She ran back to her mistress and breathless with fear cried, You are discovered my dear mistress, you are discovered by an astrologer. The jeweller's wife thought for a moment, then hastily threw on her veil and went in search of the astrologer. When she found him, she threw herself at his feet, begging, You've discovered my wicked plan. I beg for mercy and will do whatever you command me to do, if you keep my secret. At that moment, Ahmed felt that an angel from heaven could not have brought more consolation to him than the words the jeweller's wife just had but he did not let her see that. Instead, he stood tall and said, Woman, I know all that you have done, and it is fortunate for you that you came to confess your sin before it was too late. Now, return to your house and put the ruby under the cushion on which your husband sits. Place it on the side furthest away from the door. I will guarantee that no one will suspect you. 
So the jeweller's wife returned home and did as she was told. An hour later, Ahmed told the jeweller that he had examined the position of the sun, the moon and the stars and had calculated that the ruby was at that moment lying under the pillow of his couch on the furthest side from the door. He ran to his couch and there, to his joy and wonder, was the ruby lying in the very place that the astrologer had described. He hurried back to Ahmed and embraced him for saving his life. Then, as was their bargain, the jeweller gave Ahmed 200 pieces of gold and declared him to be the finest astrologer in the world. But this praise gave no joy to the poor cobbler, who returned home more relieved that he had escaped with his life than thankful for his good fortune. The moment he entered the door, his wife ran up to him and asked how he had got on. There, said Ahmed gravely, putting the 200 gold coins on the table. I hope that you will be satisfied now and not to ask me to risk my life again. He then told her everything that had happened and the danger that he had been in. But his wife showed little sympathy. Courage, my dear husband, said Sitara. That's what you need. This was just your first job in your new profession and look how well it paid. Now you will go on and prosper and we will become rich and happy. Ahmed argued with his wife, but she started to cry, and once more, he gave in. The next morning, he returned to the marketplace again, shouting, I am an astrologer. I can see the position of the sun, the moon, the stars, and the twelve signs of the zodiac. Through this, I can foretell everything that is to happen. As before, a crowd gathered around Ahmed, but this time they did not ridicule him. They stared at him in wonder, for the tale of the king's ruby had spread through the town. While everybody was gazing at Ahmed, a veiled lady passed by. She was the wife of one of the richest merchants in the city, and had just been at the hammam, where she had lost a valuable necklace and earrings. She was returning home very upset. The lady, on hearing the crowd talking about Ahmed's supernatural power for finding things, approached him and said, A man with your knowledge should easily be able to tell me where my lost jewels are. If you help me to find them, I will give you 50 pieces of gold. The poor cobbler began to worry that he would now be discovered as a fake. As he wondered how he was going to get out of this situation, he looked down and saw that the lady had torn the lower part of her veil. Wishing to inform her of it in a delicate manner before anyone noticed, he whispered, Lady, look down at the tear. Immediately, she looked at him with delight and surprise. Stay here a few moments, great astrologer. I will return immediately with the reward that you so well deserve. Then she left, returning a few minutes later carrying in one hand the necklace and the earrings and, in the other, a purse containing 50 pieces of gold. You wonderful man, she said, handing the confused astrologer the gold. I had quite forgotten where I had put the jewels, but when you told me to look at the tear in my veil, it instantly reminded me of a hole in the wall in the bathroom where I had hidden them while bathing. 
I can now go home in peace and comfort, and it's all owing to you, the wisest of men. After these words, she walked away, and Ahmed returned to his home, thankful once more for his good fortune, but promising himself that he would give up pretending to be an astrologer. But Sitara, of course, would not hear of it. She was not nearly rich enough to match the woman that she had seen at the hammam, and insisted that her husband continue. About this time, it happened that the king's treasury was robbed of 40 chests of gold and jewels, which was nearly all the wealth of the kingdom. The high treasurer and the other officials did their best to find the thieves, but it was no use. Finally, the angry king sent for his own astrologer and declared that if the robbers were not caught within the week, that he, as well as the ministers, would be sentenced to death. The chief astrologer made his calculations and tried his best to discover the thieves, but the search was fruitless, and when only one day remained, he resigned himself to the terrible fate that awaited him. One of his friends advised him to send for the wonderful cobbler Ahmed, who had now become famous throughout the land for finding lost things. Ahmed was summoned to the palace of the king's chief astrologer, and when he arrived, he was surprised to be greeted by a dignified person who led him to a seat of honour. He was even more surprised when the astrologer said to him, The whole world depends upon fate and fortune. It is my turn now to be cast down by fate, and it is yours to be blessed by fortune. His speech was interrupted by a messenger from the king, who, having heard of the cobbler's fame, desired that he be brought to him. Poor Ahmed now decided that it was all over for him, and followed the king's messenger, praying to God that he would deliver him from this situation. When he came into the king's presence, he bent his body to the ground and wished his majesty long life and prosperity. Tell me, Ahmed, said the king, who has stolen my treasure? After considering the question for a while, Ahmed answered, It was not one man, your majesty. There were 40 thieves involved in the robbery. Very well, said the king, but who are they? And what have they done with my gold and jewels? These questions, said Ahmed, I cannot answer now, but I hope to satisfy your majesty if you will grant me 40 days to make my calculations. Very well, replied the king. I will grant you 40 days, but when they are past, if my treasure is not found, you shall pay the price with your life. Ahmed returned to his house, determined that he would take advantage of the 40 days by fleeing from the city where fame had brought about his ruin. Well, Ahmed, said Sitara as he entered, what news at court? No news at all, he replied, except that I'm to be put to death at the end of 40 days, unless I find 40 chests of gold and jewels which have been stolen from the royal treasury. But you will discover the thieves, said Sitara. How am I to find them, he said. The same way in which you discovered the ruby and the lady's necklace. The same way, replied Ahmed. Foolish woman, you know that I have no astrology skills and that I've only pretended to for the sake of pleasing you. 
but I have had enough skill to earn myself 40 days, during which time we may easily escape to some other city. I can return to being a cobbler and earn an honest living. Satara became annoyed. An honest living, she mocked. I am determined that you will find the king's treasure and give me the riches that my beauty deserves. Otherwise, I shall tell the king's officers that you plan to run away and you will be arrested anyway. The poor cobbler was dismayed at this speech, but knowing that there was no hope of changing her mind, he once again resigned himself to his fate, saying, I wish to pass the few remaining days of my life as comfortably as I can. I have only 40 days left to live, so please hand me a date each night after I have said my prayers, and I will put them in a jar. Then by counting them, I may see how many days I have left. Meanwhile, the thieves who had stolen the king's treasure were hiding outside the city. Each day they would send spies from their gang to find out what attempts were being made to find them. One of them had been at the palace when Ahmed had told the king exactly how many thieves there were. He ran back to the hideout in a fright, crying, We are all found out! Ahmed, the new astrologer, has told the king that there are 40 of us. The captain of the gang listened to the story and then said, No astrologer was needed to work that out. This Ahmed is a clever fellow. Forty chests have been stolen. He naturally guessed that there must be forty thieves. And he happened to guess right. That is all. Still, it would be wise to watch him, for he certainly has made some strange discoveries. One of us must go tonight after dark to the terrace of this cobbler's house and listen to his conversation with his handsome wife, for it is said that he is very fond of her, and so he will, no doubt, tell her of what success he has had in his attempts to detect us. Everybody approved of this scheme, and soon after nightfall, one of the thieves made his way to the cobbler's house and hid on the terrace. Ahmed had just finished his evening prayers, and his wife was giving him the first date. Ah, said Ahmed as he took it, here is one of the forty. On hearing these words, the thief ran back to the gang and told them that the moment he had taken his post, that Ahmed's supernatural powers had detected him and that he had heard him tell his wife of his presence. The spy's companions did not believe his tale and they said that he must be mistaken. However, they decided that the next night and at the same hour, two of them would go to Ahmed's house. The two thieves arrived on the terrace just as Ahmed had finished his prayers. They did not see his wife hand him the date. They only heard him say, My dear wife, tonight there are two of them, as he placed it in the jar. The astonished thieves fled back to the gang and told them what they had heard. So on the third night, three men were sent, and on the fourth, four, and so on. Being afraid of venturing out during the day, they always came as evening closed in and just as Ahmed was receiving his date. So they all in turn heard him say a number, which convinced them that he knew that they were there. On the last night, they all went and they all heard Ahmed exclaim loudly, The number is complete. Tonight, the whole 40 are here. 
The gang knew that it was impossible that Ahmed could have discovered them and guessed their number night after night by any natural means. They were now convinced of his great skill as an astrologer. The captain of the gang decided that it was hopeless to try and escape detection by such a gifted man and decided that they should make friends with the cobbler and offer him half the coins in the treasure chest in exchange for keeping their secret. An hour before dawn, they knocked on Ahmed's door. The poor man jumped out of bed, supposing that it was the king's soldiers come to arrest him. As he gravely opened the door, the captain of the gang said, Most wonderful man, you must know why we are here. We do not try to justify our actions, but please take these 2,000 pieces of gold and swear to say nothing more about the matter. Ahmed was still half asleep, so he still thought that it was the king's soldiers that stood before him. Say nothing about it, he said. Do you think that it's possible that I can suffer such wrong without making it known to all the world? The 40 thieves fell to their knees. Have mercy upon us, they begged. Spare our lives and we will restore the royal treasure. The cobbler rubbed his eyes to see whether he was asleep or awake and being satisfied that he was awake, and realising that the men before him were the treasure thieves, he suddenly spoke in a solemn term. Guilty men, he said, thinking quickly. You know that you cannot escape detection from such an astrologer who will use the position of the sun, the moon and every star in the heavens to find you. In order to save your lives, you must immediately take the 40 chests, complete with their treasure, and bury them under the southern wall of the old ruined hammam if you do this quickly, your lives will be spared. The thieves promised that they would obey his command and departed. Ahmed fell to his knees, thanking God for his good fortune. Two hours later, the royal guards came to take Ahmed to the palace. Sitara, expecting that her husband would not be back, left Isfahan to look for another husband who would make her rich. Ahmed! said the king. You look cheerful. Have you discovered my treasure? Ahmed pretended to examine a table of his astrological calculations. Does your majesty require the thieves or the treasure? he asked. For the stars will only deliver one or the other. I should be sorry not to punish the thieves, answered the king. But if it must be so, I choose the treasure. And you will give the thieves a full pardon? said Ahmed. I shall, replied the king, provided I find my treasure untouched. Well then, if your majesty will follow me, the treasure shall be restored to you. The king and all his nobles followed Ahmed to the ruins of the old hammam, and there, casting his eyes towards heaven, Ahmed muttered some words. To those watching, he appeared to be conjuring magic, although the truth was, that Ahmed was offering prayers of thanks from his sincere and pious heart. When his prayer was finished, he pointed to the southern wall and requested that the king order his attendants to dig there. No sooner had the work begun when the 40 treasure chests were found. The king was overjoyed and immediately appointed Ahmed his chief astrologer. He was given an apartment in the palace and he declared that he should marry his only daughter. 
The princess had a mind that was filled with religion and virtue, and she valued the goodwill that Ahmed possessed. The wheel of fortune had taken a complete turn for Ahmed, but this did not change his character. He had been meek and humble during his troubled times, and he remained gentle and generous throughout his good fortune. Sitara eventually found a wealthy husband and sat among the rich ladies of the Hammam, covered in jewels and surrounded by servants. But she never found the contentment that Ahmed's good and pious heart had been rewarded with. <laughs>